Here we are in lovely, lovely, rainy, rainy, so rainy. So England. very rainy. It was weird this morning, like beautiful weather, and then all of a sudden just rain. Oh yeah, it was gorgeous. I was wearing shorts on the way to the book to pick yeah. up my money. Oh, okay, your money. Yes, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about that and more later. All but right. you know what, Sammy? Well, let's start the show. Hello and welcome to the Drunken United Football Show, a completely biased recap of the English Premier League is told by two common American schmucks. Abroad. Yes. I am your host, Sam Houston, and the world traveler, Samuel Graham, is across the way from me. How are we doing, Sammy? Hi, hi. Doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. I got a big, huge gin and a goblet of lime and ice and tonic and uh, lovely, happiness. So um, we're recording at the... Lannister Arms in London, uh, fucking England, kids. And uh, as you know, you can check us out on all podcast platforms. Please yep. rate, subscribe, review, share with your friends. And should you want to chat with us, there is many ways that you can. Sammy, why don't you tell the good people how they can get in touch? Sure, you can always follow us on social media, and we do answer DMs. We are at the Football Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, and then. Excuse me, we also check our emails, uh, actually, and we are dfootballshow at gmail.com uh, to get in touch old school by email. Yeah, and uh, you sh- we, I believe we got a DM from uh, from Josh, from wishing, Josh we wishing for my demise later. Uh, when Earlier. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to that uh, a little bit later, maybe parting words? Yeah, I'll read it out, parting words. <coughs> That'll work. All right, great. Sam and myself both work in the wine and spirits industry and both have a deep, passionate love for all things distilled spirits. So as the red-blooded Americans we are, we vow to have a drink in our hand throughout this show and every show. We've already preluded to it, Sammy. We're in London. We should be drinking fucking gin. What do we got today? And we are. So we've got the Whitley Neal uh, Blood Orange Gin. Um, to be honest with you, don't know where it's from. It had a UK customs and duty tax, but it didn't say where it was from. It's definitely imported by a company at the minimum uh, out of Liverpool, but it um, didn't have a, a um, origin point on it. Yeah, we were um, we were pimped this uh, gin when I worked for uh, Bacchus. Okay, uh, so they were told it was exceptionally popular in England, which I've now seen it in every, every bar, bar we go into. Yeah. But, uh, but we took a pass on it just because we weren't 100% sure on it. So go ahead. Tell me more. So is it from here? Is that what you're saying? I, it's from Liverpool, from my understanding. Oh, it is. Okay, sweet. Awesome. Uh, it is 86 proof. Um, this one that we have here is the blood orange variant uh, of their standard gin. Uh, it's going to run you £8.25 for a double because that's what we both got. Yep. Because we're fucking alcoholics. Yes, we are. <laughs> Uh, and then also on the side, I have a proper English cask ale, uh, the Sharps Doom Bar, which is my favorite uh, cask ale, coming at you at 4.25% by volume, and um, just a glass of liquid nothingness. It is fantastic. Lovely. Lovely. I was drinking Peroni, but now I'm just going to go ahead and switch to gin. There you go. Oh. Yeah. So that's where we're at. Remember, drink responsibly. Unless you're on fucking vacation. Then act like us. Alrighty. Cheers, kid. Cheers, Bob. That was whack. Yeah, but it was right in front of the microphone, so there that's all go. we can really ask for. There it is. There you go. <laughs> get you a little clink. There. You see, we did Mel's clink abroad. <laughs> Alright. Two games in two days. Two very, very different results. Yes. Arsenal 1, West Ham 0. Chelsea 4, Everton 0. 
We were live and in person for both of these matches. We were. Um, dreadfully boring match at the Emirates, wasn't it? Oh my god, I almost fell asleep during the first half. It was terrible. <coughs> for once, VAR was lovely yeah. to us. Uh, got us the goal, obviously. Rightly so. I mean, he was onside. Um, but being at the pub, seeing Baz, a couple of the old mates as well, uh, who had I've met from time to time being over here. Uh, the experience was worth much more than the actual match itself. The, the the game itself was quite pitiful, to be honest. It was just turgid, dreadful at times. Some of the football was ridiculous. Um, Tail was two halves for uh, Danny Ceballos. Oh, yeah. Completely lost in the first half and then... Everywhere, like behind yeah. every ball but in the buzzing second. Buzzing around almost like N'Golo Conte, to be honest. I mean, he was all <laughs> over the place on both sides of the ball, Danny Sabarius was, uh, in that second half. But in the first half, almost completely anonymous, um, except for the, the very obvious mistakes that he made, you know. Um, but take the three points. Um, I was there with you, obviously. Absolutely. That was quite special, just in general. But... Just being at the Emirates, just being around my people, you know, um, being in the supporters pub, being with with everybody was just fucking amazing, as Sup- it always is. Supporters pub was fabulous. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. It's a little hole in the wall, pay a pound to get in, <coughs> and you just drink beers and, and talk with people as like-minded and as biased as you are, also as fickle as yeah. you are. Absolutely. Talking about me. So, but it was lovely. It was it was truly lovely and obviously not the best way to get the three points, but three points three doesn't points. matter three points. And at this stage of the season, where we are, and and with what potentially is coming from Manchester City, a very useful three points to have in the bag. And, and both both Smokey and Chris reached out to us mm-hmm. uh, uh, on Facebook afterwards. It just you know fuck VAR, fuck VAR. I said yeah, no, I'm with you. Fuck VAR. We were set for three goddamn minutes not really knowing what they were looking at except for possible offsides. There was no replay shown in the yep, stadium. nothing on the television screen. And everyone screen. was just standing there with their thumb up their arse. Yeah. And that and, was it. And he was standing in the middle of the pitch when all he had to do... In the center circle. ...was walk over to a television screen and look at it. But again, no, we're not going to do that. So, um... It was really cool. We got up uh, Sunday morning. We headed on over to Stamford Bridge and uh, made our way into the away section. Um, too bad Everton didn't decide to show up to the match now, yeah. huh? Well, we slept for about 13 hours. Yeah. Jesus, between, we were exhausted. Between Saturday night and Sunday morning. It looks like Everton were still in bed Yes. Uh, from the night before because that you started off with a decent spell of possession a, a, a little bit there in the first five, six minutes. And then it just all completely went to shit for y'all. Completely just went to shit for you guys. Um, however, it was our first away experience for both of us. You've been to Goodison Park. Yep. Um, I've been to the Emirates a, f- a few times. This was the first time that we were an away supporter. It was like uh, going into a jail cell, wasn't it? Uh, it, was, it was absolutely ridiculous. Go ahead and give that a little description. Excuse me? Not a problem. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Thank you very much. Welcome. Did you like it? The oh, it's cup? excellent. Yeah, very good. No, it's Thank wonderful. you. Yes. I never, I never tried this one. The which one? Mm-hmm. Yes, but it looks like great. I love it. Oh, it's very good. It yeah. is. Yeah. Give it a try. Thank you very much. That was our waitress. Sorry, everyone. 
Um, told you we were in a pub. Uh, so I mean, there's only like this big microphone thing sitting in the middle of the yeah. table and we're talking. And I'm wearing headphones, but you know, eh, whatever. That's all right. People do weirder shit around here. We've seen. Precisely. <laughs> We've seen. Yes. Uh, so far. Uh, but no, this was our first away experience. So uh, you have to walk into a certain entrance uh, in the, uh, in the, the ground, right? Um, it is completely closed off from the rest of the ground, so there's no concourse that you can walk around from the away section. You have your one little area, and by little area, I mean little area. Yeah. There was maybe 500 of us in, in that bottom section. Yeah. Maybe 500 of us, and they had the business capacity to serve about 14 people. Yeah. Um, the chairs were terribly uncomfortable. <laughs> probably why nobody um, sat the entire time. Yeah, we were all standing the entire the match. The entire game. Um, and it was it was different. The whole experience seemed like they were trying to make you uncomfortable. So you wouldn't get behind your team. So you would just be angry. You would just be pissed off. Yeah. You know, about what was happening. Um, and, and what you were being put through. Was it worth it? So much so that we will be attending Arsenal's away game against Manchester City. Yeah, on absolutely, we will be. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was it. Was um, it was so worth it? I I, I hate to uh, uh, embarrass myself by saying this, but um, at a younger age, I was incarcerated, and walking through to get to the little concourse area, quote unquote, and then to the field itself was uh, similar to being behind in a courthouse and ushered from the jail holding cells out to the courtroom. Yeah. It felt very similar and all very tan, scary. All tan brick. So between the two experiences, you walk in the Emirates, and we were obviously with the home support because it's it, my stadium, my people. We walked in, there's decorations, there's tributes to legends of the club, there's this is what happened, there was you know, pictures everywhere. It was You walked into Stanford Bridge as an away supporter on Sunday. It was tan brick. The stewards were somewhat rude, to be honest, yeah. and very short with you. Yeah, they could care less. And at halftime, while I was 15 people deep, it took me about 25 minutes to get a pint for us, um, the, uh, the police officers just decided they were going to take a little tour through the concession area for little to no reason at all. There was no trouble. Just wanted to make sure we knew they were there. Yeah. So that was a bit strange. Um, Obviously, in the game itself, Chelsea took their chances. Um, you had Giroud, uh, I'm sorry, Mason Mount first, Giroud, Pedro, and then Willian uh, rounded out the scoring with the 4-0. They were all decent goals, to be honest, but Mason Mounts uh, was near post. Yeah, the opener. Jordan should have had it. Pickford, for, for what he did later in the game with a, a couple of fantastic Well, saves. he even had a point-blank one early on yeah. there before that goal. Correct. Um Really should have done better with that, and, and Chelsea should not have opened the scoring. No. However, it was about 23 feet away from us. Yeah. Uh, we Everton's, were in the eighth row, lower bowl. It was, being that close was very cool. Everton's midfield was completely non-existent. Well, the midfield was there. Gilfie just didn't fancy any particular position. Right. <laughs> well, I mean... Uh, and, and I guess you can defend Andres Gomez in this. He still just doesn't have his legs yet, and he can't do it all. Tom Davies just looked lost. He's just kind of 
running all over the pitch but not really accomplishing really anything. Doing anything yeah. yeah, that's that's well, got to be a big challenge for Carlo is how how do you work how do you work a guy with such a great motor into a lineup but how do you get him to work within said lineup because maybe, he just seems lost. Maybe if you you remember Dragon Ball Z? Do you remember that cartoon, the yes. anime cartoon? Do you remember when um, Goku and Vegeta merged? They mm-hmm. did a little dance and then put their fingers together that became one person for a right. bit. Maybe just before the game, you could get uh, Tom Davies and Guilfi Sigurdsson to do that. Because Guilfi could use a motor and Davies could use some skill. Yeah, but uh, I mean, there wasn't even any skill out of... Uh, out of no, but he possesses it, and we know he, he possesses it. He had less touches in the first half. He had the least amount of touches in the first half of everybody on the pitch, exception being goalkeepers and strikers. Right. I mean, that's horrific. And he was playing on the left, and he just kind of kept deciding, nah, I'm going to play in the middle. And then when I need to be on defense, then I'm going to play the left, but let people run through the middle. Right. It just never really seemed to be on at all, ever. I gotcha. Most um, exciting part of the match from an Everton perspective, though, was the pitch invader. <laughs> uh, who's just a huge cunt, essentially. Uh, just We live by a rule. We actually met a couple of Welsh lads yesterday here in the pub afterwards. Yep. Um, and we're just talking to them, bullshitting, and... One of the things that came up, because there was a Scottish guy that, that fa- really fancied a sing song. Yeah. Oh, actually boy, did he. quite annoying, um, to be honest. But he was a lovely fellow, just was really drunk and felt like singing. And um, it's a basic just words to live by. And we've stressed this many times on the show. Just don't be a cunt. Yeah. And the Welsh lads looked at us and they were like, yeah, you're right. That's it. That's all you got to do. It's pretty simple. Yeah, <laughs> and don't then, be a cunt. Then the one that was a little uh, drunker uh, than his than his friend, the big guy was fine. The, the, it was the other one, um, Carl, I believe his name was. Uh, he he looked and he goes, "Yeah, that's great words. Great words to live by." I was a bit of a cunt last night, though. He <laughs> was like, but at least I'm honest. I said, all right, fair enough. Fair <laughs> it enough. Happens, it happens to the best of us. Um, the kid Gilmore for uh, Chelsea wins man of the match, had an amazing Absolutely. game. And he did. Uh, 18 years old, but just he got around the pitch very well. Um, he also, the way he commanded the ball from senior professionals and asserted himself in that game was fantastic. Um, the, the future midfield uh, for England looks very, very promising. Um, as long as he can continues that trajectory. Um, excuse me, it was, it was, it was awesome. Uh, awesome to see. All right, so I think we've learned a few things is from this, uh, Chelsea have a rebound, so Chelsea's not going to go away quietly as far as the Champions League spots goes. No, um, I think we've discovered what Everton is, and despite uh, Carlo's tinkering and the great individual efforts, we are still a very uh, lackluster team. We're probably at best an eighth or a ninth team. Yep. Um, Arsenal's got a little resolve, starting to get results, starting to do good, not going we, away. Actually, with, with Liverpool losing last week, <coughs> um, we now have the longest 
unbeaten streak in the Premier League at the moment at eight games now. Ah, there it is. The pro Arsenal agenda we've Welcome all back, been waiting boys. for. Welcome back. Um, now the uh, and then and then for West Ham. Uh, it, you forced a couple of tough saves out of, uh, out of Berlin, but yeah. I'm starting to feel concerned for them. So am I. There, there wasn't a lot in that game, and, and to be honest, I mean, it is, as much as it is a pro-martial agenda on my part, to be fair... To be fair. We were there for the taking, the yeah. way we were playing. I mean, we were... Hey, you we weren't were, good. Lethargic as well, you know? I mean, when Lacazette came home, we started to turn on the style a bit. But we still weren't good. We weren't very good value for money. Right. You know, I'd like about, I'd say probably about £10.50 back for my match ticket for <laughs> for the way we played. <coughs> so, um, but yeah, you know what? Fucking amazing weekend. Your result didn't go our way. That was okay. Um, the pub we're in doesn't have shitty booze, so Sam's gonna save his Malort for when we get home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm um, gonna wait. I'll do. I'll do my Malort shot on the uh, next show. I'm back in the country. Yeah, uh, but uh, but yeah. No, all in all, a wonderful first 48 hours uh, in in the UK. Um, despite your result and despite how shit my club played, um, just in general. Just a, a, a lovely experience and a, a wonderful couple of days out. A couple of good pies, good people, um, and good pints, man. And Excellent. You, you can't really fucking beat it, to be honest. Well, I'm going to change my chair because every time I go like this and I lean on it, you can hear it. You hear that creaking? That's yeah. my chair. So we're going to go ahead and fix that real quick, and we'll be right back. Well... We had ourselves a Manchester Derby this weekend. We did. I won 200 fucking pound on it. And go figure, the Norwegian gym teacher gets the double on City. Manchester United 2. Manchester City. No. United had under one third of the ball. United had under a third of the ball. Right. 28%, I think it was, I looked at. And... More shots on target than Manchester City managed. They were extremely efficient. They were extremely efficient with the ball in this game. Um, and to be honest, it could have been more. No, they had opportunities. But honestly, both goals were Ederson's fault, in my opinion. Oh, I agree. 100%. Aguero got ruled out from offside. Um, mm-hmm. Rightly so. I mean, it was a good yard off. Right. Good finish, but he was a good yard offside. Um, De Gea came up trumps a few times. Yeah, uh, early on. Fine. That was a yeah. big one. Because yeah. City gets that goal to start the match. Maybe a completely different game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Fernandez was excellent in this game. Yeah. The other thing with him is, is you notice since his signing, United's results have kind of changed. Is he that big of an impact player? Well, the pro- what I've seen, they... <coughs> So, if you think back, just easy comparison. Think back to when Gilfie first signed for your team. Right. Think back to when Ozil first signed for Arsenal. Right? And you had that player in the hole that would make that final pass. You had that player that was that was ruthless in, in, in the vision that was just uncanny. Yeah? And somebody to the, even the pass before the pass, you know, whatever it was. And it was it was wonderful. Um, 
that's what Fernandez does for United. They haven't had that. It's been Fred and McTominay. Um, you know, as as first choice. Well, they expected since, since Pogba's been Pogba out. to do it, and Pogba showed, you know, small stints of it, but not a lot. And I mean, come on, the the fucking pass but, to but Martial Pog, Pog, for the goal. Pogba's not a number ten. Pogba's not the guy to sit in that hole. Pogba's a box to box player. But like he also Salias. fancies himself a an assist guy and a pass guy, and he does it in moments, but. This guy just, you know, Fernandez seems to have it on all the time. Yeah, no, always exactly. looking for that pass. Like I said, that that ball to Martial, that little dink over top of the yep. defense, it was fantastic. It was absolutely <coughs> fantastic, and he is what they have been missing. Period. <coughs> they have completely missed somebody that the glue of their side, the the guy that connects defense. And and uh, and the forwards, the the person that that makes it about themselves, the guy willing to take responsibility. <coughs> that's what they've been missing, and that's what they found in Bruno Fernandez. And it's not a big surprise that his uh, that Manchester United's I'm sorry results have changed since he signed for the club. He single handedly saved Ole's job. Ole's going to keep his job. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Um. Ederson, like you said, both of those goals were... <laughs> they were terrible. The second one was very funny. Um, just throwing it, essentially, straight to Scott McTominay. Who then just put it right back in the yeah, Overshooting his, his the intended target, I'd assume. Yeah. Overshot him by about five yards. And then uh, McTominay, with the wherewithal, because he was out of his box, or out of the, uh, out of the goal mouth, um, just one touch from about 35, 40 yards. So uh, probably won me 200 pounds. So <coughs> next to Jose Mourinho, I am Scott McTominay's number one fan. Heard Scott McTominay's number one fan. <laughs> behind so, Jose Mourinho, of course. Yeah, you you are behind <laughs> Jose. Yes. Yeah. We keep we keep joking behind the scenes that we totally think McTominay's going to end up with a spur just because uh, Jose loves him well, so no, much. He'll be linked with Spurs the entire summer for about 120 million. Daniel Levy won't sign the check, and Spurs will end up with Nemanja Matic. Yes. For about $14 million, and that'll be that. How big was that for United to get the double over it, City? It was huge. Um, and just at this stage of the season, again, and with City's potential case, um, you know, that that was almost like a six-pointer for fourth spot. Right. Um, you know what I mean? So... <coughs> Yeah, I mean, they're legitimately now right in the hunt for Champions League. And who would have fucking thought that at the start of the year? Right. Now I'm with you. And nobody would have thought it. Yeah. Nobody would have thought it. Now we just have to hope and assume that they're Manchester United. They'll figure out a way to fuck it up. Yeah, definitely. Rounding up the rest of the league and... Oh, so that happened... The match we just finished watching, and it's like you know, ten o'clock at night here in uh, here in uh, the uh, in lovely England. We have Leicester four, Villa nil, Palace one, Watford nil, Newcastle one, Southampton nil, Sheffield one, Norwich nil, Brighton nil, Wolves nil, Burnley one, Spurs one, Liverpool two, Bournemouth one. Um, Villa just like monstrous mistakes. 
kill them in this, this match. This for me <coughs> was this was the most uninspiring, unexcited 4-0 I've ever seen in my life. And you just saw one live the other day. Yeah. This was terrible. Um, it was only Villa's mistakes that gave Leicester their goals, really. Leicester now leading the league in uh, defensive mistakes. Defensive mistakes that cost goals and goals. Who? Leicester or Villa? Villa, I mean. Sorry, Villa. Villa. Are the worst. They are 20th in all three. What's sad about it is Tyrone Mings coming back to fitness didn't really seem to help them. No, if anything, hurt them. Yeah, and that's that's obviously a bit worrying for Villa. Is that second goal a handball? I don't think it was. I thought it hit his shoulder. I don't think it was a handball. I don't agree that it was a handball either. I, I think him flailing his arm didn't help. No, because he made a movement with his arm, I think, <coughs> I think is the only reason it was given, to be honest. I also think that the uh, the team, that well, the, the match officials are going to hide behind the clear and obvious rule here. Of we course. couldn't clear, uh, clear and obviously disagree with the referee's assessment on the field, mm-hmm. so we let the play stand. Correct. Even though it hit him directly on the shoulder. Correct. And and Pepe Reina not doing himself any favors. I mean... Oh my God. What was he doing for the first goal there? That should was, not have been out that, that far. Not even close. If anything, he should just grabbed him and threw him to the ground and taken a yellow. Because there were defenders behind him, so it wouldn't have been last defender. What was it? Um, uh, who was it? Tottenham's goalkeeper that cleaned somebody out? Yeah, yeah, Before it was Tottenham. Before came back. Yeah, yeah, it was Tottenham. It was, um, what's the name? <coughs> Gazaniga. It was Gazaniga that, that completely just flattened a player. Do yep. it. Go for it. Hi, welcome back. We're recording there, killer. Sorry about that. Well, I, I was done. That was the end of my statement. Oh, that was the and end of your statement. Did. I hear you. Flatten him. Why didn't you flatten him? But the only notes I wrote down, and we sat here and watched this 10 minutes ago, the only notes I wrote down were... What the fuck was Pepe Reina doing most of the match? Yeah. Let also let in a near post. Yeah, sure not. that was a bad one. <laughs> Heard pulling a Pickford. Thanks a lot, dick. Not um, a problem. <laughs> all right. Oh, now we're loud. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I got this close. I feel like I'm yelling. You're fine. Don't worry about it. I feel like I'm yelling, and it's whatever. All right, so um, Foxes, completely different team with Ndidi. Without Ndidi, two wins, two draws, eight losses. With Ndidi, com- I mean, seriously, Ndidi feels almost as if, if not as important as Conte was during the year they won their championship. Absolutely. I mean, 100%, he's that important. 100%. Is it, well, the other thing is the way that they play, when they do have the ball, they tend to push forward a bit. So you need right. that extra. Their, their wingbacks go up with Pereira and um, with somebody else today, uh, Albrighton. Normally is Ben Chilwell. Right. They they tend to push forward, which leaves their center backs a little bit exposed, and we saw that uh, in their little bit of a, a stutter um, uh, within the last couple of months. Um, indeed, he balances that side. He provides that protection uh, for when they do have the ball and and start to to creep forward and and get out of position defensively uh, in case they lose it. Um, you still see their counterattacking is is still brilliant. Jamie Vardy coming back today after uh, after a couple of weeks out with an ankle injury. Brace for Vardy. Brace for brace Barnes. Brace off the bench as well. A yeah. Brace off the bench. Yeah, pretty uh, good. Which was fantastic for him. Um, 
asking this question yet again for Villa, which we've already asked before, but it bears repeating. What do we think? They're in real trouble, man. Because last week it was like, oh, no, no, no. Well, you know, after losing in the uh, League Cup final, it was like, okay, they seem like they're going to be all right. There seems like there's worse teams than them, but they got to get points. Well, that was a chance at a point. Like, Leicester yeah, was weak. Yeah. Leicester was weak, and there was a chance to get them. And they, much like the same thing for Everton versus uh, Chelsea. Chelsea was a weak inside, a lot of players injured. And neither Everton nor Villa decided to take advantage of that opportunity. Absolutely. And both of them found themselves 4 0 losers. Well, in other results, which we'll obviously come on to, you've got um, Bournemouth lost, Watford lost, Norwich lost, Brighton drew. And Burnley Spurs drew. Burnley maybe yeah. could get drug in a little bit if right. if results don't. Bromwich, you mean around. you mean West Ham? I think what? you said Bromwich. No, I said Bournemouth. Born- okay, they're in and amongst it as well. Yeah, and then yes, West Ham also. West Ham. <coughs> so again, Villa maybe gets out of jail because the teams around them were also shite. They eventually got to win a fucking game. No, though. absolutely. Well, not, not necessarily. Brighton survived last year by everybody else just being right, equally but, as bad. But Brighton was always outside of the drop zone. That's true And as that's well. how they got by. That's true as well. This case, Villa needs Villa to, pick up needs to yeah. get some points Villa at needs some to point. pick up some points. Um, so we talked about it on an injury time. We hinted at it, and it ended up uh, paying off... Uh, Palace and Watford was a hell of a little match, wasn't it? Actually, was yeah. Yeah, really. Well, it was what we expected. I mean, the the, the quality isn't maybe a hundred percent because you know there's some decent players, but there's also some weaker players. But they're both shit teams. <laughs> Thank you. Nah. That's nice. But but I'm red. but but the one thing is is we knew it was going to be a gutsy go at them. Both teams were going to have a go, and both teams did. Honestly, it was, the, the game was dead even. Possession was only 6% difference between the two. Um, Guaido was fantastic uh, in that game. Uh, and both teams equaled each other on shots on target. So they were both efficient with the ball. They both moved the ball well. Um, Jordan Ayew, with a, a wonderful finish, what ended up winning it for Crystal Palace. Uh, and it was a fantastic break from them, honestly. Benteke with a lovely turn, finding the run of Zaha. Um, and then obviously finding Ayu uh, and his quick release j- completely caught uh, Ben Foster off guard, yep. uh, basically. So it just a, a wonderful breakout from them, and <coughs> and Guaido was equal to everything that Watford threw at them, and they did have a fair few chances themselves. Yeah, they did. They absolutely and did. Guaido was wonderful. Um, you know, for for me, it, it it feels like I've said it already a couple times. I'm just not sold on Watford. I'm not so, like I just feel like they dug themselves too big of a ditch to get out of, and when they will get themselves out of the ditch, they will find themselves a way to fall right back into said ditch because they've exhausted so much effort to get out of the ditch in the first place. Absolutely, um, yeah, I, I could agree with that. Um, surprisingly, Newcastle and Southampton was also a pretty fucking lively match. The only thing I care about in this game is referees and monitor. Yep. Referee walked over to the monitor on VAR and uh, decided to issue Gineppo a red card. Fucking congratulations. Look what happened. The correct decision was made by a referee utilizing the monitor, and it didn't take very long at all for it to take place. And Newcastle scored a fucking goal. 
They did. Go figure. Alan St. Maximin with a wonderful finish outside of the boot. Uh, just, just missing the inside of the far post, which is the only thing that would have made that goal sexier. Right. Hit that post and shoot across. Yeah. Those are sexy. Those are very sexy. Oh, very sexy. Absolutely. Um, Still a great goal nonetheless and still easy on the eye, let's say. Yeah. feel like both of these two teams are safe. Yes. Yeah. I would agree with that. McCarthy, though, um, had a fantastic double save. Uh, and then not long after that, a wonderful save uh, from a Dwight Gale diving header. Uh, he was immense uh, in that game. Mm-hmm. And only missed that Maximon shot by maybe a quarter of an inch. It was unfortunate for him because he did play very well. <coughs> uh, but Newcastle were, were good value for money. Um, and obviously having uh, for Southampton, having Gineppo sent off uh, was beneficial to them. Right. Uh, but even after, even down to 10 men, Southampton had some chances. I mean, Newcastle still needs to be careful. You know what I mean? They're, I think they're safe, but they're still not a, 100% a, safe, a yeah. quality fucking club. Right. You know what I mean? They still need hey, to... Hey, remember, they're getting sold again, Sam. Oh, yeah. That's... Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's the, that's the rumor now. They're yeah, getting yeah, sold yeah. again. Because we Mayweather believe that. That's totally going to fucking Floyd happen. Floyd Mayweather this time. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, he might just be dumb enough to do it. And since he can't read, Mike Ashley can put whatever he wants in a contract. Yeah. And be like, all right, you're going to give me a bunch of money, and I'm still going to own the team. Yeah, and when I get sick in the stands, I can just walk into the office and throw up in the fireplace that you now own. Ha! <laughs> All right, so um, Sheffield find yet a way again to get a W, just resolute defending, which is funny because at the start of the season they were such a wild card, and they've uh, really... Well, yeah, everyone predicted a, a wild card. Everyone predicted them to be kind of all over the place. But they have been the most organized, the most just professional, just almost like a hitman. Yeah. Go out, 1-0, bang. Yeah. That's it. What yep. you worried about? That's all I need is a goal. Yep. You're not going to get me. Um, this game actually was fairly open, though. Uh, there was mm-hmm. some chances for both teams. Pookie hit the post. You had uh, Ollie McBurney uh, early on with a uh, with a header. Um, that was saved well. Uh, it ended up being Billy Sharp with a bullet header, um, and he did very well to get to it. It was a, a little – he kind of had to change his run to get back to it and uh, laid out for it. Yeah, nice. put, his, put his body on the line, and it was it was wonderful. Dean Henderson was also massive in this game. Uh, he had a brilliant double save uh, himself. Just fucking wonderful goalkeeping this weekend in, in, in a lot of cases. Yeah, and then some fucking horrific well, goaltending. Yeah, well, fair enough. I mean, but even Pitt had a couple of brilliant moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, for a shit. Bird Leno saved a couple of fantastic efforts from West Ham. They just didn't come very often. But when they all needed to, they all stepped up, it looked like. So, big shocker. First off, Wolves play down to their opponent. Also, big shocker, Brighton still hasn't won this calendar year. So this one was a bit strange. There was just two shots on target, one for either club. Uh, Wolves had theirs in the 17th minute. I'm sorry, Brighton had theirs in the 17th minute. Wolves had theirs in the 75th minute. And that was fuck all. That was it. Um, Raul Jimenez hit the stanchion holding that holds the net up. The right. pole that the net's connected to um, on the near post and then caught the ball when it came back to him. That was the most exciting thing that happened the entire game. 
a, we we kind of called this one. We figured this was going to be an ugly game, and and I didn't put any fucking money on it. I even said to you, I looked at, it and I was like, this would be a draw. And the worst part, Wolves were at home. Brighton had more of the ball. Right. It was just very strange, and they're not a terribly efficient team. No. So they did nothing with it. Yeah. Just held possession. And everything from Wolves was snatched at. Everything they got was snatched at and sent into Rosette. Yeah. It's horrible. That This one was the, of all the one nils and everything that happened, we just even talking over throughout the weekend with the two games we were at, we didn't see anything else live. We just said, uh, it doesn't look like it gave us much. This one gave us literally nothing to talk about. Right, precisely. Um, so now going on to Burnley and Spurs. Burnley... Burnley Spurs. Yeah. Got the one nothing, you know, gave up the penalty and then found well, a way to walk out with the t- with the draw. They you say they Burnley Spurs and that's fair enough. But let's just put some stats on it real quick. Burnley actually had 8 shots on target to Tottenham's 2. Uh, Burnley had 8 shots on target to Tottenham's 2. Um, and Burnley actually had a go with a lot of Tottenham with with their injury crisis. Burnley decided, "Yeah, we're going to fucking show up for this." Right. Um, Hugo Lloris could only parry Jay Rodriguez's shot, uh, which allowed Chris Wood to react first and, and put in that goal. And then a penalty was um, was awarded that Deli Alley put away. Deli Alley actually in this game, the, the injury crisis is so bad, uh, played center forward in this match. Jesus. On his own. Oh. The whole thing was very strange, to be honest. Um, it, it wasn't a great game to watch. It was it was a bit. It was more open than you would expect a Burnley any game involving Burnley to be. Right. But it was it was still a it was still a bit compact from them. It was still a you know Spurs still looked like a chicken with their head cut off. There wasn't a lot going on to be honest. So Liverpool looked like they wanted to go ahead and give away the game early on. They tried, and, and we both made money on it. And then they both then they realized, oh wait, shit. We're Liverpool Football Club. We're about to win the fucking Prem. Let's act like it and get two very smart, yeah. easy counterattack goals and walk away with the uh, with the W. Despite the fact that the Cherries threw a little something at them, and well, it looks did. like the Cherries are trying. They're they're fighting to stay alive. Well, here's the thing: it, it, Liverpool had three quarters of the ball in the match, um, which really is to be expected. Um, I think it, it personally could have been a foul on Callum Wilson uh, for the opening goal. It could have been. It kind of pushed him in the back of it and, and put him off Van Dyke. Yeah. Put him off. Um, but referee ultimately didn't give it. Uh, he found Philip Billing. Philip Billing with a lovely little cut inside, drop of the shoulder, and then a, uh, a <coughs> reverse ball to Jefferson Lerma, uh, who put the ball across for... Uh, for Callum Wilson to tuck home. And that you had Bournemouth to score first, first period. Yeah. I had Callum Wilson to score any time. So that made both of us money at yep. that point. We both hit bets. Well, then, then, Mr. Jack Simpson, sit down and fuck off, son. <laughs> uh, trying to carry the ball out of the back. Got um, caught in possession by Saeed Omane, which mm-hmm. is, you know... Dangerous at best. Uh, and he found Mo Salah. Salah finished. Another near post goal gave up. So you're absolutely right. There was some fantastic goalkeeping this weekend and some absolute shit goalkeeping this weekend. Um, and then later on, Mane got his own goal 
Uh, assisted by Van Dyke, just a ball over the top. What you worried about? That was it. Yep. Like we've been saying with Liverpool, it's it's not a matter of if, if it's a matter of when. And that when may come sooner than we expect it to, depending on uh, the rescheduling that has just happened. Yep. If City drop more points, it's very, very likely that Liverpool will win the title before mid-April. Is it any points at all against Arsenal and it becomes Goodison Park? Or is it Arsenal has to beat City and Liverpool have to win at Goodison? I think also the result at the weekend has to go against City. Oh, okay, got it. I think it's both games. For it to be at Goodison, mm-hmm. I think Liverpool has to win at the weekend and City have to drop points in both games. Got it. Very yeah, good. I, th- I think that's it. Please, dear God, do not let that happen. I know, I know, all you Liverpool fans are, are rooting for it, but come on, not, not, not the game I'm gonna fucking be at. Dear God, now watch us go win because we fucking look like dog shit against, uh, against fucking, yeah, um, against Chelsea. Against so. Chelsea, yeah. But fuck, if they do it, oh my God, I, I'm gonna try to be gracious to you all on Facebook, but uh, um, just remember. Um, and you know, if, if I bark at you, it's probably justified because copites are gobshites and you're a bunch of fucking cunts. It's time to tell you what little we know it is prediction time. Um, you missed your bet. <laughs> yeah, big time. I had 3-1 to the Arsenal. Pat missed his bet. I missed my bet. And the chicken hit. Because, of course, the chicken always hits the bet when Absolutely, the three of us lose. Absolutely, she does. Absolutely, she does. So, um, what bullshit bet do you have for us this week, considering you are now down seventeen ninety-seven? right. So, I'm going to fall just under the 2000 mark uh, if I lose. I'm doing $200 okay. uh, on two away wins this weekend um, in a parlay. That is Arsenal to win over Brighton on Saturday and Leicester to win over Watford. That is a plus 406, so my 200 would return me $812. Okay. So I'll either just about half my deficit, or I'll be about $13 away from being two grand down. Which will make me very, very, very happy. Of course it would. I, I wouldn't expect <coughs> anything less. All right, what so... What cockamamie bullshit do you have? Well... Actually, first, we worry about our good friend Pat and his pick. Oh, that's why. And now, it's time for our degenerate gambling friend Pat's pick of the week. DEFCON 3. This is bad. I don't know what to do. Maybe I'll just start picking the opposite of what I like. So, while the Sams are jet-setting across the globe, I guess I'll just sit here and pick losers on my couch. I am going to parlay the two prime time games this weekend. First, I'll take Chelsea over Villa at over a half goal at minus 150. And parlay that with the over two and a half goals in the Tottenham Man U game. So at minus 125, that payout on a $100 bet will be a big 200. Save the uh, safe travels and don't catch any viruses over in England. We're trying not to, Pat. We've actually gone through a couple of things hand sanitizer already. We've been doing pretty good. Yeah, washing our hands like crazy, using yeah. hand sanitizer, yeah. not rubbing our face. We've been been doing a good little we job. We've been rubbing my face a lot. Yeah. 
But not so without washing when, your hands and no, yeah, using hand course. sanitizer. But that's what happens when your team looks like absolute fucking dog shit while you're at their stadium. You rub your face. That's how it goes. Well, <laughs> now you were talking about my cockamamie bullshit. You're talking about my tried and true system, <laughs> which is... Big Sam's Lock of the Week. 19% of the time it works. 100% of the time. Just saying. It works, and it works more than yours. Actually, I think it's about 18.4 since you lost last week. All right. Last week you said 19. Gotcha. So well, fuck right off and take it down a notch. So I'm now down 267 bucks, but uh, but uh, I'll tell you what, looking ahead uh, for this week, I think I'm going to be good. I'm taking Lester to beat Watford at an even plus 130. All right. Did it before today's – I decided to pick that before today's game. I bet you the odds change. After them beating, uh, yeah, fair enough. That's beating Villa. So you know what? A quick one thirty, cut cut the deficit in half. Worry about getting back over five hundred the next week. There you I go. don't need to do it all in one fell swoop. Unlike your dumbass. Actually, not a bad bet. Now, now that's a really nice segment. But we give you more, and now, through the magic of radio, we give you Kitty the Chicken. Mel here. So I went up to visit Kitty in the coop, and she was not happy that the boys went to England without her. She was insistent that this new virus has nothing to do with birds and doesn't understand why she got left home. So to cheer her up, this week I gave her Man City hosting Burnley, and she quickly hopped off the perch, ran into the coop, pulled out her iPad, and showed me a video of her and both the Gallagher brothers hanging out at a family cookout. I'm hoping they were eating burgers. Well, it looks like the boys worked it out, and Kitty is taking Man City to win. As always, everyone, remember to gamble legally and responsibly. And now, back to England. I didn't fucking show up. Um, my wife was out of town, so I stayed home. I heard we... Forfeited because nobody forfeited. showed up. Yeah, because nobody showed yeah, up. Yeah, because nobody right. showed up. Yeah, nobody was around. Yeah, don't mind us, guys. We're uh, paying our tab real quick. You have it. You have the card. You have the card. You got the... Yeah, somewhere. Is it underneath it? Yeah. Right there. Yeah, perfect. Um, we are a living, breathing, working t- radio show. Sorry, guys. Yeah, no, none of us showed up. We forfeited, so three no loss. That's all right. Uh, not really worried about it, to be honest. Um, we are eventually going to go down to D2, I think, mm-hmm. in the end of the season. Kind of regroup, figure out where we're at, and then uh, move forward afterwards. Um, and we'll be back <coughs> at D1 soon enough, probably one season, maybe two. But yep, we'll keep you updated. Don't all worry. Right. Here's our tab. There we go. Thank you very much. Perfect. Not a problem. Uh, Thank you. The Uh-oh. Questions. It said canceled. Oh no! That's freaking out. When you record in a public space, this you know things happen. Things, things happen. happen. So sorry, guys. There's a, a little bit of dead air. I apologize. Well, Mel will clean it up because you know production. Yeah, absolutely. Although Mel will hang us out to dry and leave this bit fucking in there, just because you know. Yeah. That's her power move. Absolutely. We're ready. Yeah. Now there. Here we go, kids. Riveting stuff. Sam Graham is paying the bar tab. Let's see. Let's see. What's that? Processing. Remove. 
Printing receipt. It went through, ladies and gentlemen. It went through. There we go. There we go. Sam's got to sign his I receipt. I still have money. Got to sign the name here. There we go. Bang, boom, done. Please tear receipt. Press enter to continue. Valid signature, yes. Printing my receipt. And I'm good. We're free and clear, my friends. Wow, that's some great sound uh, effects right there. There we go. Bumping into that. So, yeah, uh, team no good. Uh, nobody showed up, so we forfeited. Sammy, any parting words as we got to get the hell out of this pub? I do. They are closed uh, about four minutes now. But Josh actually got in touch. All right. Uh, our boy Josh, former guest of the show, via Instagram. So, again, we do check our DMs. He says, my dearest Graham, this is addressed to me. I write, you, I write to you today to ask a favor of you and your beloved Gunners. It is paramount that you all rise up and win at the, at, at the Etihad on Wednesday. Not only would it be just repayment for Liverpool ensuring the Invincibles continue to stand alone, it would put Russ, myself, and all Norwegian Merseysiders on a crash course to bring last year's disappointment full circle. If your beloved Arsenal can defeat the Saudi oil conglomerate, big set actually think they're... They're Qatari, but that's all right. Um, Big Sam, purveyor of all pro-Everton, anti-Liverpool propaganda, will be forced to forever live with his one true nightmare. We won the league at Goodison. I appeal to you as a man who has relished winning a league on the grounds of your most bitter city rival. I've already done it twice. Um, And ask that you do what you can to pay it forward. This Wednesday, we are all gooners. Come on, you Arsenal. Hashtag C-O-Y-G, which is come on, you Gooners. So I'm going to be at that game, and I have to quietly root for Arsenal to lose, as I will be sitting in the Arsenal away section. Much like how Sam had to uh, very quietly celebrate the fact that uh, that um, Giroud scored, scored a goal. Yeah, yeah. Underappreciated, that man. <clears throat> um, Josh, I love you. You're, you're a drunkard United brother. And, and I care for you, Darren, very deeply. But I want you to understand the following. Go fuck yourself. Um, all right, so that about wraps it up for us, boys and girls. We're getting ready to head back to the hotel to record uh, Injury Time. Injury Time is just a little bit of extra show for our Patreon subscribers where we preview the weekend's games. Sammy, how do you find out about, uh, about uh, our Patreon page? That would be www.patreon.com backslash show. We have multiple tiers that you can get involved with, and all of them get you different shit. So check it out, and uh, all of them... Eh, Everyone but the bottom one get you extra content. Excellent. So the lights are up and we need to get the fuck we out of here. get the fuck out, man. So time to go drink some good whiskey back at the hotel yes. room, which we'll tell the Patreon people about. Something we've never been able to find before, so That's we're very it. excited about it. Until uh, next week, everybody. Good night. Don't mind me making a big old loud noise on the table. You've been waving your finger at me, naughty boy. Yeah. And then you do that.